five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. was one very unusual video <laughs> i have to say wow <laughs> i mean it was touching pun not intended okay <clears throat> there really there was no pun intended there um i played that video because it was a modern version of, of Yacht Rock with uh, Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald and this really great bass player from LA called Thundercat, who I've known about since, I don't know, 2012 or so, going on 10 years. He's really exceptional. And a lot of his, uh, uh, you know, solo work records are, are great. They're really great. He's an odd cat, that Thundercat. Just telling you, and uh, looks like that the uh, the guy who was in the video was really kind of you know a little armless there, right? And I'm not sure really what the what the message was. Love will find a way. Acceptance. The one scene where the guy smacks him in the head, and knocks his shit out of his head. That was like <laughs> that was some some tough Zen spiritual love right there. Right. <laughs> All right. I think we're going, I think we're live, aren't we? Yeah, we're live. I can see me. Yeah. We're live. We're live from the, uh, the yacht has landed. Uh, it's over there on the other side of the cove. And we just decided to, uh, to port here so that we could do a, about an hour and a half or so and tell you about the, the rest of the world, which has fallen from paradise. And that's what today's show is ultimately about. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Flame. Um, if you're watching on the Rumble side of things, which you should be, um, hopefully, we're, we're, we're live streaming. So we're by. This this is this is this is uh we're bycasting here. Yeah, we're bycasting. This show is officially by. Uh, how is everybody? Coming off uh, close to three hours last night on the Monday night Sunday night show. It was Monday night somewhere. I guarantee you that. But here it was Sunday night, and it was a it was a good show, and we got into some of the news of the day and the strange characters and uh big neptunian theme 
last night on the on the show. So we are in it. We are in we're in the dream. And for some people, the dream is getting all too real in a lot of ways. Hold on. <laughs> Jasper is still taking a mental health day. He's been watching too much uh, TV with Simone Biles. He's like, yeah, I need I need a mental health day. Simone Biles, didn't she get athlete of the year or some shit like that for not doing anything? And I will say, look, the mental health thing is it's a it's a real thing. It's it's a but there's always that point of diminishing returns because there are people, I mean, let's just say, for instance, let's do a, for instance, here, it's a, for instance, moment. Let's say, for instance, there were people that throughout history said, fuck it. I'm taking a mental health day. And let's say it was, I don't know, 10, 15% of the population. Now for better or worse, the world wouldn't get done. The world would not be built for better or worse. And I'm, and I'm saying that there could be some better components to that. I mean, look, I was a big proponent. If you go back and somehow you dig into my archives at around 2010, 2011, especially 2011, this is my big idea, which was everybody just stop what the fuck you're doing. Stop it all. Don't go to work. Don't send your kids to school. Don't do anything. That was my that that was my plan for transformation. If you did that, then you'd be fine. You know, it they, they would beg you. They would beg people to come back to work. Beg people to send their kids back to school. You'd have to wait through a few threats or whatever. But if you if you had two months worth of food, you could get through it. If you had two months worth of food. Now, there are some people who couldn't do it, you know, unfortunately, because they don't have it. But it's like, you know, hey, we'll help you out, right? There could have been a concerted effort. I'm running those today. I don't know why. Um, They normally don't carry Kleenex around me. So I apologize if you get the the redneck Kleenex every now and then. Um, But people could have just shut it down. My motto at that time is, if you want to change the world, do nothing. We're past that now. That option is no longer available to us. And in fact, people are being forced into it as we speak. We're going to get into that today uh, because there are some very disturbing economic factors. I'm sorry, I am sometimes the bringer of bad news or news that looks potentially dark. Look, you go back and listen to Friday's show with... Christopher Knowles, and he and I are basically on the same page, although I think I may be a little more didactic than, than Christopher is, meaning that I think that there is something coming that is on the other side of this, and that we have to divest of some of these systems that are just rotted from the inside out. The, the, the problem that, I, as I see it, and this is the, 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 the X factor or the random component to it all is that a lot of these legacy systems are going to die 
but it's it's what they're replaced with. See, that is that is the big issue. That that's the big issue. And if they're replaced with something even more onerous than the other systems, which had a little bit of wiggle room in them, then you know you can uh, you can rest assured that uh, the new boss is the same as the old boss, and they'll get rid of this. So the the reason why we're here now is because they've ra- they've ran the ship aground. the 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 model is basically finished. They've they've taken the fractional reserve lending to the limit and beyond. And I said this uh, last week on the show that was it in the last three years, they've printed more dollars than they have in the last what 20 or something like that. I mean, it's obscene. The amount of money that is floating around. Of course, when you have that amount of money floating around, what what do you have? Well, you have the potential for a recession. Money isn't worth as much, but then you have inflation, which is the this is the this is the worst, right? So you have inflation where prices are going up and the value of money is going down. Now, if you have the value of money going up while prices are going up, well, well that that's fine and dandy. People have more money; they can they can weather the storm and pay higher prices. But that's not the case. So this is the worst case scenario. One line is going this way, the other line is going that way. So what we have is we have stagflation and the Biden administration is lying through its fucking teeth. And they're saying that we have greater employment numbers than we've had. I mean, what jobs? Can you tell me what jobs have been added? You know, we're, we're playing fast and loose with the digital world. And you could just move around zeros and ones anytime you want to get the desired result. So we we the the they've ran this thing ashore. They went in and they said, "Okay, well let's let's take as much as we can that's left on the bone." Right. It was, it's kind of like when you're having a really good. I'm guilty of this, and I, I don't mind being confessional about it, but when. I have a really good steak with the bone in it. You know what I do? I gnaw on that fucking bone. I love it. That's the best. Like the meat closest to the bone. There's not much there. Maybe get a little little tiny chunk of seared fat, which is fantastic. You get down to that bone. And I mean, that's, that's the best stuff, right? A lot of ways. For me, that and kind of the crispy end where the fat meets the the marbling on the meat. Oh yeah, we love that. By the way, I did cook a killer, killer uh, brisket for Fourth of July. We had a lot of it. In fact, I was still eating some of it. Anyway, um, there's nothing on the bone now. They went in on COVID. And I've talked about this before. They said, "Let's go. Let's get it." They empowered the drug companies to make a shit ton of money. And you know that there was money being tossed around. There were kickbacks. There were all kinds of things going on. BlackRock was essentially incentivizing people to keep their fucking mouth shut. It's hush money. And COVID was 
in many ways, like the run-up to the housing default crisis in 2008, 2009. That's really what it was. It's like, let's print up a shit ton of money, which they did. Let's create a crisis. Let's send it out to all these major companies. Let's give people a few crumbs. Oh, here's $1,500. Go spend it. Go spend your $1,500. People were like, oh, this is great. We'll give you another little bump. How's that? Meanwhile, hundreds of trillions of dollars are being just moved through the system. So when you get to the end, there's there's nothing left, right? They've run, they basically run a scam, a huge scam. They've 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 raided everything. There's nothing left. They have they have no basis for an economy at all. Every single country in the world, pretty much with the exception of a few, are underwater. They all owe money to the IMF or the World Bank, right? And those loans are not repayable. They cannot repay the loans. So you have a, a small group of rapacious moneylenders, a small group of um, devil horned Shylocks who are holding the world hostage. And they've committed absolutely gross material crimes. Hence Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is done. They have, they have no economy. They're gutted. They have nothing, nothing, zero. And people are losing their fucking minds. They're, they're going after, they're going after the, the, I think if I'm not mistaken, the central bank in Sri Lanka, they're going after it. The people there are going nuts. Of course, you're not going to see any of this on the mainstream news. But that Sri Lanka is the canary in the coal mine. And now China is starting to close its banks. They've been having bank runs in China for the last, I don't know, six, six weeks, eight weeks. It's been going, I haven't really talked about it, but people are going to the bank in China and they're trying to get their money out. And now the Chinese government is like, nope. You can't do it. We're going to cover that today. So things are starting to really trend downward economically and financially. And I'm thinking that when Mars hits Uranus and hits the true node, which is not far away, we're talking next week, that we are staring down potentially uh, a financial avalanche. But I swear to God, you wouldn't know it by the general public. So we were in Nashville this weekend. And <laughs> you remember the scene? I've talked about this before. The scene where, uh, let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find this thing. Because the visuals are are actually great. Um Uh, let's see. Here we go. This is, this is what I'm looking for. I'm going to play some of this. (laughs) 
I remember seeing this as a kid. I, I have to say, my first reaction to this scene was like, man, that's a party. I want to be there. <laughs> I think that was that was the attempt. All right, let me uh, let me te- let me cue this thing up here. This is this is kind of what uh, Nashville was like uh, over the weekend. Here, I'll show you right here. This is when Moses comes down from the from the mountain. And this is what he runs into right here. This is what Nashville was like. And the people rose up to play and did eat and drink. They were as the children of fools and cast off their clothes. The wicked were like a troubled sea. Iniquity and vile affections, and Aaron knew that he had brought them to shame. Abiram, Korah, bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. The ball. Here's old Moses. He's in the eighth house. He's getting ready to come down from the ninth house, the upper room where God has given him. The light of God shines from you, Moses. Do not kneel to me, Joshua. These tablets of stone. The writing of God. His Ten Commandments. There is a noise of war in the camp. It is not the noise of war. It is the noise of song and revelry. Look at him. They are having a fucking great time. He's over. Moses. Oh. Joshua. Woe unto thee, O Israel. You have Looks like Joshua's woman is about to get nailed. It's like, Joshua. Joshua, I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. He's the overpowering essence of the bull. Sinned a great sin in the sight of God. You are not worthy to receive these Ten Commandments. Oh, 
against you, Moses. You take too much upon yourself. We will not live by your commandments. We are free. There is no freedom without the law. Whose law, Moses? Yours? Did you carve those tablets to become a prince over us? Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. Oh, they're about to kill her. They're about to sacrifice her. You Jezebel, get the fuck out of here. He showed you no land flowing with milk and honey. I show you a god of gold. Come with me. Follow me. Blasphemers, idolaters. For this you shall drink bitter waters. God has set before you this day his laws of life and good and death and evil. Those who will not live by the law shall die by the law. Into the abyss! The fiery lake awaits you. was a hell of a party wasn't it that was uh that was national this weekend i shit you not that was national did i show you the scene did i show you that scene oh my god i think i i think i did not show you the scene oh man i was still on a different share screen my bad here let me just let me just uh i thought i had it there here. My bad. I guess I guess I did have it, didn't I? Wow. Too many realities converging at once. Anyway, uh, that was Nashville on the weekend. Enough, enough with the sin and idolatry. Let me go back to what is wholesome and true and right, which is Chataria. And uh Let's take care of a little business here today. We're getting a little bit of a late start in the business side, actually like half an hour late, but that's okay. Hopefully you're still here, especially on the uh, Rumble side of things. Um, I want to give a shout out to my man, Christopher Lynch. Of course, the sponsor of the show, True Hemp Science. And I am proud to have True Hemp Science and not just True Hemp Science, but Christopher as a sponsor because he's got he's got other products there as well. By the way, uh, he has a a fulvic acid that I've been taking. Holy shit, it's really great. So you know he's branching off into some some other other products here. Not just not just the hemp stuff, which of course is really good. Now I will say this: 
about his uh, pimp products is that they are medicinal. These are, these are not kind of fly-by-night hemp products that you buy at 7-Eleven. You know, I was down at the convenience store. It's uh, down the road here in Stonewall, and they're selling fucking bags of Kratom at the 7-Eleven. It's not a 7-Eleven. It's a gas station convenience store. I'm like, holy shit, you guys are selling bags of Kratom here. How did that happen? <laughs> anyway, I'm diverging a little bit, but uh, you know, this is medicinal. These are medicinal products. They help you, but they're medicinal. And let's be clear about that. Uh, I'm not saying that they're medical products, but they have a medicinal quality to them. And of course, you've heard me rave about the gummies, which have been absolutely essential for a full night's sleep, which uh, I have a few little bags stashed around here. And so, but there are other products that you can get there. And you're always welcome to give Chris a call. Uh, he's there. He'll answer your questions. And now it seems like he's getting more foot traffic in his, in his, uh, in his shop in Austin, which is good, which is really good. We want to see him be a big success. Uh, we want to see as many Americans and as many people around the world be as big of a success as possible. It's an important element to our experience here on this planet. Uh, spend a hundred bucks. You'll get $20 worth of goodies. Sometimes you get a little bit more and you can get that at truehempscience.com backslash ref backslash 23. And if you use 15 mins, that's 15, the letter 15 number, I'm sorry, number 15, one five capital M I N S you will be uh, duly registered and Christopher will know where you're coming from and what to send to you. Okay. So let's check out or let's check in with Chataria. See what you guys are up to. Let me uh, see what we got here in terms of uh, the old Chataroo. Let's see. PMSO, LLC, my chickens have one died. The heat is brutal. They are so fucking with the weather. They are so fucking with the weather. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. But it's making it nearly impossible to grow things. You know, the big cornfield across from us has just gone to pot. Last year, we had... Uh, Almost an entire month of rain in June. We had hardly any rain in June. And the cornfield, for better or worse, was snap, crack, and popping. Uh, this year, nothing. So they've actually opened up the cornfield to the uh, sheep and some cows to go in and graze around. Uh, let's see, TJ in the house. What's going on, Tom? We got uh, Miss Nakia, Lisa, and Kelly are here. There's Ryan. Neo is wise. R Robert, you don't need a degree in criminology when you're a master of no bullshitology. <laughs> I actually wanted to be a cop for a while when I was a kid. Can you imagine that? I was really into cop shows on TV. Like, fuck yeah, I want to be a cop. Then I started smoking cannabis. I realized I could never be a cop. 
for a number of reasons. Wendy says, what's going on? Uh, we got Queen Lisa. We got Catherine Kramer. Who else? Neo is wise. There is my man, Steve Kelly B. Uh, she's here. Maybe. Hello, maybe. Welcome to the chat. Michelle. Uh, here she is. Maria Motter. What's going on, Michelle? Michelle's one of my faves. Let's see who else do we have. Uh, Yacht Rock, yes. Is that, that was that, yeah. So Thundercat, Michael McDonald, and Kenny Loggins. Uh, Man, let's see, Manford Man's Earth Band and Baker Street. Those would be considered Yacht Rock songs, by the way. Uh, anyone have a Moon and Pisces placement? I guess we're gonna we're gonna find out. Little River Band didn't make the list. Okay, so Tom, I have to tell you, there are two bands from the 80s and 70s that I really can't stand. I'm sorry. I can't stand them. Air Supply is number one. I fucking hate Air Supply. And Little River Band is a few notches below. You see, my list is Deep Yacht. And you have to have some standards on there. I, I guarantee you. Kenny Loggins, this is it. Michael McDonald, what a fool believes. Stephen Bishop. Um, Robbie uh, Dupree, you know, you have to have standards on there, but it's my list. And there are some, there are some groups that aren't on the yacht. Billy Joel is considered yacht rock. Billy Joel is not on the yacht. I don't like Billy Joel. Every now and then there's a Billy Joel tune. If I hear it on the radio, I won't turn it off, but as a human, there's a human thing involved here. As a human, I don't like Billy Joel. I know he's talented and everything, but let's see. Who else do we have? Hucklebuck, 411, checking in. Uh, let's see. Does Michael McDonald hit? Of course, Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald is the captain of the yacht. Are you kidding me? He's the captain of the yacht. And Kenny Loggins is his first mate. You got Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. By the way, do you know who's considered Yacht Rock? I bet you bet you didn't know this. Michael Jackson is considered Yacht Rock. It's true. Because I was thinking about it. I'm thinking, man, what songs could fit into Yacht Rock? And I thought, Human Nature by Michael Jackson. That is yachty. That's got a Yacht Rock feel to it. And I just, I, you know, we're talking about this, Michael Jackson, human nature, yacht or not. So I was on Wikipedia and Wikipedia actually has a whole section on yacht rock and Michael Jackson is considered yacht. Fleetwood Mac, not. Okay. Are we up to speed here? Do we have everybody? I think we're, I, think I missed a lot of the chat. Noreen's here. Hi, Noreen. Johnny Cruz. Uh, the message of the video is that the world needs more love. That's what I got. Don't give up. I'd agree with you, Johnny. I would agree with you. I think it's a, I think it's a, a great video. The world does need more love. I would agree with you. Maurice is here. What's going on? DJ MC, Michael, Steve Letro always use two fishing poles. I like that. 
Uh, Noreen, is this the first time for this new chat setup? No, we've been chatting away for a while. We've been chatting, chatting, chatting. Let's see, who else do we have? I'm going to have to get a kitten. You can't mental health your way through life. Hate to say it. I mean, yeah. Am I right? Check out any real estate in Tennessee. Real estate everywhere is off the charts. What's going on in Tennessee for you? I was just, uh, uh, I was just tagging along. Let's put it that way. But I got to tell you, man, Tennessee was off the fucking chain. Which live stream? July 11th, 11.15 a.m. EDT. Is it not happening? I have to, I have to, uh, uh, Chris is a dark horse, but his take is that the cabal will fall. Yeah, he, so I, I know, well, I did a little bit of math. Rumble is not rumbling today. Okay. I got to work on the rumble thing. I apologize. Um, when is it? 7-Eleven. 22, 50 minutes, money play kicks in. Okay, so I've got to, here, I'm going to end the live stream. Yes. I still have to work on the Rumble stuff. So thank you for telling me that. Whatever Rumble was supposed to end, it's end. I'll reset it for tomorrow. Still working out the Rumble live kinks a little bit. But it was great. Last week, we had it, we had it rolling. No, I was, I was uh, tagging along in Nashville. It was a tag along. But it was it was cool. It was fucking hot and it was muggy. It was really, really muggy. But there was no shortage of people spending money in Nashville. I can tell you that right now. And it was like that scene from the Ten Commandments. You had people in like these caged buses with the karaoke and dancing and revelry i mean you if you were there you would not have noticed that there was a crisis anywhere in the world not a care in the fucking world you were in a trouble bubble that's what was going on and um i think we're up in the 14th floor this hotel and it was uh it was loud it was booming we were 14 floors up the other thing i noticed was the amount of ems vehicles prolific they were everywhere they were all over the place ambulance sirens right and left and right and left and i've noticed a lot more of that since the whole jibber jab movement. I, I would just take note. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. When I was living in town, I would, I would track them. I would trace them. I remember one day I went to a hotel in town and they went in and they uh, plucked a woman who just passed out, took her to the hospital, sat there and watched the whole thing. Watch, watch them roll her out in a gurney. Yeah, I was playing Sherlock Holmes that day. All right, let's get into uh, some of the show.
since you're here for that. I guess this is part of the show. Let's get into the uh, the hardcore stuff. Where do we start? How about with Elon Musk? Because it does fall into the financial counter. We'll get into China and we'll get into the, the, the serious money crisis. Oh, by the way, I think Christopher Knowles, I think his son is in the uh, eighth house. Sun and moon in the eighth house. That's kind of a black sun, right? Eighth house occluded, occulted. So, yeah, there you go. Works through the depths. No problema. Um, let's talk about Elon Musk. So the Twitter deal is off, which is to be expected, I think. I mean, I, I don't take Elon Musk seriously. I don't know who does. His ability to project a um, image of competence and genius is um, due in large part to his handlers and their ability to market him. So when I was on Twitter, or when I'm, I'm still on Twitter, but when I would go through the Twitter feed, I'd say every 10th tweet was a woman or what looked like a woman who was extolling the virtues of how great Elon Musk was and would get thousands of, of likes and tweets and retweets. And I thought to myself, this is staged. This is canned. I don't know if these women are real. It could be another bot that Elon Musk was talking about. It's interesting that bot and bot have the same connotation. Like you're, you're essentially buying a uh, a metric you're buying a data point which supports your uh, your stream or your profile or whatever and I thought to myself well they're hyping him and they're they're all the pictures of them were all attractive all attractive women so what they were doing essentially was they were getting men to look at that and say oh this guy's an alpha you know, this guy's a Chad. All these women are extolling his virtues, extolling his his uh, his his genius, his um, his newfound libertarianism, his newfound patriotism. And of course, Musk would like the the tweets. And I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, this is all hyperinflated. This this is uh, social media on steroids. And, uh, you know, I had, I had my doubts about whether or not he'd actually buy Twitter. Why would he want to buy Twitter? I mean, let's just think about this. I mean, you know, we talked about it before, and maybe there was some value in the data mining. Maybe there was some value in connecting Twitter to Starlink or some other fucking space age uh, surveillance data profiling wet dream. But there's no intrinsic value in Twitter. And then I saw the interview that 
he did with this woman from Twitter that uh, Veritas recorded. And it was the strangest interview. She was interviewing him to find out where he was on certain things, like, like he was actually going to buy it. And for the majority of the interview, he sounded like a fucking idiot. And I was trying, I was trying to wrap my head around why he sounded the only time he didn't sound like an idiot was when he got to the end of the interview and he was talking about consciousness and questioning man's existence and why we're here and what else is out there. Then he sounded vaguely interesting. You could tell all of a sudden he had some pain, but everything else was, I mean, honestly, I could have done a better job and I'm not Johnny digital here. And I used to be in the, you know, the digital world. I know a little bit of how the models work and et cetera, et cetera. And it's not rocket science. Like with Twitter, there's only so many different ways you can slice and dice it and make money. There's, there's ad revenue. Um, there's potential to upgrade your services, right? So would you pay $5 a month to be able to edit your tweets on Twitter? Would you pay $5 a month to eliminate ads on Twitter, right? Or would that be a $10 a month option so they don't pollute your feed with a bunch of shit that you don't really want? Right. There's only so many what then, you know, then you could sell data to third parties. So, I mean, that's really how you make money off of these social media platforms. You either sell ads, one, get people to subscribe, have an upgraded model and have some value add to the upgraded model. And three, you sell the data to other people. That's it. It's not fucking rocket science. Maybe you could partition off like certain communities. You could have walled off Twitter, you know, but they already have that. If you wanted to have a group, you could have a group on Twitter. So you, that's not a value add that you're going to be paying for. And I'd listen to him thinking, this guy's a moron. Well, the reason why he sounded like a moron in retrospect was because he wasn't going to buy it. He was giving them sort of, Pat Pablum answers. He wasn't connected to the model at all. And he was essentially using Twitter to pump and dump his Tesla stock because he knew that that stock was going to go down, that the market was going to go down. It was going to tumble. So he needed to sell as many shares as possible to liquidate it so that it would look like he was going to buy Twitter. No, it wasn't the case. He wasn't really going to buy Twitter. Now, maybe somewhere along the way, he was also dealing with um, the whole idea that he was going to expose some bots, whatever. But who doesn't know that? We all know that. The degree and the number is another another story. Like, how many, how many bots does Twitter really have? Is it 10%? Is it 15%? Is it 20%? There are people who sign up for Twitter and they never tweet. And Twitter counts them as users, but they're not. Same with Facebook. There are people on Facebook, and I know of at least three offhand, who are my Facebook friends, and they're dead. And Twitter and face. Do you think do you think Facebook eliminates them from their uh, numbers? No, they don't. 
there's a lot of people on Facebook who have died. Remember Facebook hit in 2011, really 2010, 2011, maybe a little bit before then, but that's when it really started to take off. And so we're pretty deep into Facebook. We're 12, 13 years into Facebook. Do the numbers, especially post COVID, a lot of dead people on Facebook. There's a lot of dead people on Twitter. They don't remove those numbers. It's not like the real world, whatever that is. So now Twitter is suing Elon Musk. And I think Elon Musk probably has enough in his war chest from his stock sale of Tesla to um, hire enough lawyers. So that, and I, and I, I think I think there's counter suits going on. Like I think uh, Musk is counter suing Twitter because um, of the whole bot issue. Anyway, these are fucking rich people's problems. All right, they're not our problems. We don't, it's like it's not anything that really concerns us at at a at a at a deep level. Horizontally, they're not our issues. They're tangential issues. They're they're like they're like digital soap operas. And on some level, who the fuck cares? But it's part it's part of what's going on with the overvaluation of the economy that you have a bunch of companies that are like ghost companies. And they've been allowed to exist uh, for any number of reasons without any serious valuation. It's part of the system. It's part of the problem. It's part of the issues and what in the problems that we're going through right now with the system. And talked a little bit about this with Christopher on Friday show, like Netflix has never made a profit one day of its existence. And yet on, uh, on the market, right. Wall street, Netflix has been a reasonable investment. Now in what world do you have a company that loses money every quarter and still maintains its market value and even increases then some when they make some arbitrary announcement like Barack and Michelle Obama or Barack and Michael Obama are going to uh, become, you know, members of the board. Oh, well, gee, let's just up that stock price. But they're laying people off right and left. Facebook is laying people off right and left. Twitter is going to get ready to lay people off because these are fake companies. They're all fake. Com- now, Netflix was not a fake company. It wasn't started by DARPA and the CIA. I mean, Reed Hastings, who was one of the founders of Netflix, comes out of that whole Silicon Valley mafia with uh, Peter Thiel and Elon Musk and uh, you know the founders of Google. I mean, they're all part of the same Silicon Valley mafia. But it wasn't started to... Um, snatch people's information, which is really what Facebook was about, which is really to some degree how Twitter evolved. Twitter was an inner office program. It was, it was supposed to be used for inner office communication. And then they made a pivot. Well, they don't make the pivot without probably a high level meeting. It's like, Hey, we can really, uh, we can really help you out with your company a little bit here. We have an idea for it. Why don't you change the platform, make it public, and this could happen. So these companies have been set up in large part by the same people who set up Google. 
and that that would be InQtel, DARPA, right? So they're not real companies. They're 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 intelligence fronts, and have been for a long time. YouTube didn't start off that way. That was like the the brainchild of Chad Hurley and a couple of his buddies, and you know they got some startup money and they started. But then quickly, I think it became something else, just like everything else became something else at some point, right? So these are all fake. They're fake companies. They have fake numbers. They have fake users. They have fake valuation. It's all fake. And now they're starting to, you know, reveal their their fakery, their synthetic value, and they're starting to go down. So you're seeing these alternative media companies starting to go like the legacy media companies are totally fucked. Like they're they're. Uh, Big trouble. So I used to follow this uh, radio station in the Bay Area called KMBR. I started listening to KMBR when I was a little kid. My parents used to listen to uh, this guy, Frank Dill. If you're old enough, you will remember Frank Dill. And eventually, Frank had a partner, uh, Mike, Frank and Mike. Frank and Mike in the morning. And they were, you know, when I got up as a kid, Frank and Mike in the morning were on the radio. My mother would be listening to them as she got ready for work and everything. So eventually, um, I think they brought on John Madden. They'd have John Madden on the show in the morning, especially I think on a Monday after the Sunday football games. And Madden was a big hit. And then they realized their Q numbers um, went up when they had sports programming. So eventually KMBR became an all sports programming radio station. And it was really at its peak in the nineties. Like they were a uh, hundred thousand Watts. So you could hear them all throughout California at night and their sports programming was the big ticket. And then what happened is that eventually the internet comes along and then you have, you know, regular Joe Schmoes who in a lot of ways are able to say things that the legacy media guys can't say. The legacy media guys start to lose their jobs because their ratings are, are beginning to tank and uh, cumulus, which was a real powerhouse in terms of its, uh, its broadcasting and reach and numbers, uh, I think they're in chapter 11 now. This is not uncommon with legacy media companies, by the way. Like they're in trouble because they just don't have the numbers. They, I remember being at a conference in, I think it was around 2000 and uh, late 2010. And it was in Colorado and it was in uh, Boulder. And it was an AOR, like radio industry conference. So you had all these people from all these radio stations from all across America. And they were at this conference. So I went there because I was trying to help this young guy, Ari Oakland, whose music I used to play um, on the show. He's great. I loved Ari's stuff. And I took Ari with me. And this is kind of an interesting story. I'm not, I'm not going to share because it could, it could cross some lines here. Anyway, 
Um, so I took Ari and I went out there and we went through some of these panels because I was trying to get his independent record kind of on the radar, some of these labels and some of these radio stations. Cause I thought this is up your alley. Right. And at that time, a friend of mine who had a radio station in Taos, um, KTAO 50,000 watt, uh, solar powered radio station. He was there. That's the reason why I went there and he loved his record. And so he's trying to set some things up for us. And I remember sitting in on this one panel and these people were really flummoxed in the industry because they knew that their numbers were down and they were desperately trying to figure out a way to get metrics and data on their users. So what they'd come up with is they had come up with like the, the, the car version of a Nielsen counter so that you would, you would have somebody who listened to the radio in their car and they would have a device that was hooked up in their car so that they could figure out what stations they were listening to and for how long, because they wanted to sell that information back to the stations and back to the labels to give them a sense of, okay, well, they listened to, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish all the way through. They listened to two out of four minutes of Toad the Wet Sprocket or Big Head Todd or whatever, right? They were desperately trying to find a way to commodify their airtime because they were starting, and this was a long time ago. This was like 2011. So they were losing out on the digital side of things. XM and Sirius Radio were starting to kill them. And this is even before like the advent of full-on podcast. Now I was podcasting back then. I started podcasting in 2010. So I've been doing this now for, for 12 years. And you could just see that that world was slipping away. It was just slipping away, going away. And that's where we are now. We're in this really strange place of flux and valuation. And that gets into it with the whole money deal, right? So the reason why a lot of this is happening is because we're between economies, we're between ages, we're in this strange liminal place. And I talked a little bit about this last night, like we're, we're in the final degrees of Pluto and Neptune where things get really wonky and the, the, new, the new paradigm, the new world for better or worse has not been, been rolled out yet, or it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't been birthed. So this is going to be a strange time. And we're going to see the die off of a lot of not just legacy pieces, but even if you look back, like say Twitter and Facebook in the realm of this world, those would be legacy media, alternative media companies because they've been around the longest. YouTube is kind of, YouTube is a different character altogether. But you're going to see them die. And it, like, how long are people going to subscribe to things like Hulu? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to Hulu. Um, I used to subscribe to, what was that one? Oh, fuck. It's like, I don't even remember anymore. But these, these are these, streaming solutions where basically they stream these networks 
or most of these networks um, through the internet. And I just, I just don't, I don't subscribe to them anymore. I have YouTube and I have Amazon prime because it helps me with the shipping and I get some movies. That's it. So even in the alternative media world, there are legacy companies that are going to go bye-bye. And I'm just not sure how long, I mean, I, I think that the, the, the Hulu's of the world are going to be, or the Peacocks or whatever, um, or the HBO plus, they'll be the last things to go because I mean, theoretically they're affordable. You're paying what $9, $10, but they add up. If you get four or five streaming services, you know, now you're up to around 50, $60. You may as well just get cable at that point. Okay, so let's get back to why why we're going through what we're going because they've the the game is over. They've gamed just about everything. There's 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 still meat on the bone. Don't get me wrong, but it's not in the uh, in the traditional model that we have now. They've over leveraged everything. Everything is over leveraged. The Federal Reserve Ponzi scheme over leveraged, and that has ramifications elsewhere. So the whole China deal. Let me show you what's going on in China. Because we want to talk about China. Let's see, where are we? Let's do this. Let's see what we got here. Da, 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 da. Here we go. Why don't we drop into zero hedge here? Because this is uh, kind of the crux of the matter. Chinese bank run turns violent after angry crowd storms bank of China branch over frozen deposits. Well, the world of high and not so high finance is obsessing over the volatility of cryptos and recent painful losses for over levered, I think it's over leveraged players uh, who much to the amazement of plain vanilla equity investors were not bailed out by the magnanimous Fed, which however only rescues stock markets, not cryptos. Things in China with its $54 trillion financial system or more than double the size of assets across U.S. commercial banks are once again getting heated. As Reuters reports, a large crowd of angry Chinese bank depositors faced off with police on Sunday in the city of Zhangzhou, and many were injured as they were taken away amid the freezing of their deposits by some rural-based banks. The banks froze millions of dollars worth of deposits in April, telling customers they were upgrading their internal systems. The banks have not issued any communication on that matter since, depositors said. 
According to Chinese media, the frozen deposit across the various local banks could be worth up to $1.5 billion, and authorities are investing the three, investigating the three banks. So what is going on here? Okay, I think this is just my take, is that they are take, they're freezing the assets and they're moving them over to companies or, or um, entities like Evergrande. Now, Evergrande is the most bloated of these uh, investment funds or slash investment firms that are in China, but it's not the only one. So they may be taking these funds for a temporary period of time and putting them in one of the close to over leveraged Chinese funds so that it meets a certain standard or criteria for a period. And then what they'll do is they'll theoretically move them back into these banks so that the money will be there for their depositors. Theoretically, that's my sense. I'm not an economist or macroeconomist, but it feels like it's a cosmetic shift of asset allocation from one area that has it to one area that doesn't have it, needs it for a period of time, and then potentially moves it back, right? This is, this is what I'm thinking. Although again, I'm no, uh, I'm no Janet Yellen. The banks froze millions of dollars worth of deposits, okay. Um, telling customers they're upgrading, okay. According to Chinese media, 1.5, on Sunday, about 1,000 people gathered outside the Zhengzhou branch of China's central bank on Sunday to demand action. They held up banners and chanted slogans on the wide steps of the entrance to, to a branch of China's central banks in the city of Zhengzhou in Henan province, about 620 kilometers, 380 miles southwest of Beijing. The protesters among thousands of customers who opened accounts at six rural banks in Henan and neighboring Anhui province that offered higher interest rates. Aha. Uh -huh. They later found they could not withdraw their funds after the media reports that the head of the bank's parent company was on the run in one of her financial crimes. So it may not even be as uh, Robin Hood-esque as I was thinking. It may have just fucking taken the money. Videos and photographs on social media show depositors waving banners, throwing plastic bottles at approaching security guards who then roughly drag some of the protesters away. Let's watch some of this uh, on the ground footage here. That was weird. Like you had people who were, they didn't look like they were security people like going up against each other. Besides, uh, uniform police are teams of men in plain t Ah, there we go. He's a plain T-shirt guy. Plain t -shirt. plain t shirt guy. Watch out for the plain T-shirt guys. A banking regulator and a local government official arrived, but their attempts to talk to the crowd were shouted down. We came today and wanted our savings back because I have elderly people and children at home. The inability to withdraw savings has seriously affected my life said a woman in Shandong province who only gave her last name, Zhang, 
and a fear of retribution. Hey, at least they're wearing masks. Look. All right, these these are these are the guys that are playing with the shirts. I think it's so funny that they're wearing they're wearing plain shirts. It's not like they have helmets and riot gear on. But you know that that's what those guys will do. They'll put on the helmets and the riot gear. But here they're just dressed in white collared shirts. This is the equivalent of uh, the glowies and the khaki pants. These, this is the Chinese equivalent right here. Although repeated protests and demonstrations don't necessarily have a big impact, I think it's still helpful. If more people get to know about us, understand or sympathize with us, Yang said, each time you do it, you, make it, you might make a difference, although you will get hit. They can't really do anything to you, right? Wrong. They can do plenty to you. If you don't know that, you need to wake up and uh, smell the jasmine tea. I feel so aggrieved. I can't even explain it to you, Zhang 40 told Reuters. Zhang said he had been hoping to retrieve about 170,000 yuan, about 25,000 American, deposited with one of the banks the Zhexing Hongwangli Community Bank. Zhang said he had suffered injuries to his foot and thumb and was taken away by four unidentified security personnel around midday, security personnel numbered protesters by around three to one. He said they did not say they would beat us if we refused to leave. They just used the loudspeaker to say that we were breaking the law by petitioning. That's ridiculous. It's the banks that are breaking the law. What law is that? This is huge. Don't know how this will end. Henan Bank is not the only one that is having problems with liquidity. All four Chinese banks are having the same issue. Some depositors found they can save and not withdraw money with their bank cards. So this is a big story. This is one of the uh, bigger stories right now um, in the world, right? So this is a financial crisis. That is, this is the new China virus. And it will spread like a wave. We already see it in Sri Lanka. And it, at some point, will come home to roost in almost every single planet in the world. I'm sorry, every single planet, every single country in the world, with maybe the exception of England and Switzerland. And quite possibly Russia now, since the ruble has never been stronger since the damn war. They've actually made Russia stronger. Do you think that was by accident? I don't think so. Um, this is all pointing towards the Mars Uranus true note conjunction. It's about three weeks out. So stay focused, people. Stay focused. Meanwhile, the United States gas keeps going down. I had a funny moment yesterday. I decided to get my car washed. 
haven't had it washed in maybe about, about a month. And it's starting to look a little like you need to wash this fucking car. So I had, uh, I had lunch with my son and I took it through a car wash. And every time I wash my car, it rains. I don't know if anybody else experiences this. Last time I washed my car, it rained. So I washed my car and guess what? It fucking rains. Now my car looks like it did before I washed it. Not as bad, but now I got to wash it again. Now, if I have to take one for the team, spend $10 for more rain, I would do that. I would definitely do that because it's worth it. We need the rain. Maybe I need to wait a month to prove my thesis. So we have a liquidity crisis. There's no meat on the bones. It's all in poker and they just keep taking the chips. And this is one of the reasons why they want to reset. It's not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons why they want to reset because the financial game is over. They've, they've basically run the table from 1848, 1849 till now. They've run the table. They set up the, uh, the second industrial revolution, 1913. Uh, the central bank is created here in the United States and the Ponzi scheme is on. So they've Ponzied the planet. And they've done it for the most part with our consent. I almost said illegally, and clearly I think there's a lot of illegal activity, but with our consent. That's for sure. And they have to, they have to change the game because they've basically drained all the value, whatever value there is, real and or perceived, they've drained the value out. So now they've got to, you know, move the scenery around. They've got to have less people because the next version of the economy will have less meat on the bone, literally and figuratively. It's going to be cricket legs, cricket legs and barbecued worm. So they've got to do this. They, this is, this is the plan. They have to have this uh, forced, forced austerity not even voluntary, although some people will be tricked into having voluntary austerity. That's when the whole climate scheme and scam comes into play. They get into people's emotions, they get into people's con concepts and their ideologies, and they, 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 they are willing to do things for the greater good, the greater good being the livelihood of the planet, whatever, right? That, that's, a, that's a big whatever. And that's what's going on. This is why we have the Great Reset. Yes, it's true that they want to have more control, more surveillance, you know, more for them, less for us, the green prisons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But really the underpinning of all that is to put a new economic system in place because the old one is kaput. There's nothing left. It's running on fumes. They ran everything up the last four years. It really started in a, in a big way with Nixon, Bretton Woods, the whole thing with moving the dollar into the reserve currency of the world, tying it to Saudi oil, all that shit, right? And then we go into series of defaults, starting with the savings and loan default. 
and nobody really did any serious time for that. Billions of dollars were snatched up in those savings and loans, right? And then it just kept going on and on. Eventually, wound up going into the housing crisis or the housing bubble in 2008, 2009. It's another step along the way. So here we are, and we're in... Uh, getting ready to get back on the yacht and pull out of here. We're just here in, uh, you know, in port for a little while, and we're going to pull that. We'll be back tomorrow, probably from a, a, another location where it's uh, nice and, and breezy and taking you into the, the Zen calm of the universe. And it's there. Right? It's, a, it's available. The, it, here's the big thing. For all of us, myself included, is that we have to be aware of what is going on. I say this, this is my mantra. We have to be aware of what is going on and we have to do something about it in our own way. Whatever your way is, you have to do something about it. Catherine Austin Fitz, God bless her. I love her. I think she's great and smart and, you know, puts her best foot forward. But I think she's a little, I, I, what else does she have? I think, she, I don't want to say she's naive. She's not naive, but her solutions are take your money out of the big banks. Okay. Buy locally. I agree with that. Leave your house without your cell phone. Not a bad idea. These are all things that you can do. As far as taking your money out of the too big to fail, you people could do that. And those banks might have, it might have some impact on those banks, but I guarantee you those banks are like scaly reptiles and they'll live on even if you decide to take your money out. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. I have my money in a small regional bank. I've had it there for a long time. Not a big, too big to fail guy. But you have to find your own way. You have to find your, your own raison d'etre. Whatever, whatever that is, it can be staying healthy, self-improvement, helping other people. You know, and then I think the big part is also finding a way to remain human and calm, to be, you know, in the, the eye of the storm. And we, you know, we're in a storm and each of us has to practice being the eye of that storm in our own way. And sometimes you, you know, you throw yourself into environments like even when I was in Nashville, there were some edgy parts in Nashville and uh, a lot edgy, like they're not environments that I'm not used to, by the way, but I hadn't been in one for a while. So it's interesting to be in a place like that and, you know, maintain your center, or, you know, to be in the center of the eye of the storm, you know, while humanity around you is uh, losing their collective fucking mind. I'm not even talking about the you know, the uh, celebrations at the at the at the bottom of Mount Sinai. That's a whole different thing. I'm talking about the the general populace who is ravaged mentally and psychically and financially ravaged, and those numbers are getting bigger. So 
armor of God. But the armor of God does not make you um, hard. It doesn't make you hard. It just it it gives you protection. But it doesn't necessarily uh, sacrifice your ability to be compassionate and empathic, but not to the point where you're a fool. Nobody wants to be a fool. Unless, of course, you're consciously becoming a fool, in which case that's okay too. All right. Stay in the game. Stay strong. Stay alive. Find something of intrinsic value. For some people, it's reading inspirational quotes. For some people, it's reading the Bible. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the uh, turn the other cheek moment. Or turn the other cheek. It's funny. It's so funny because I was... I'll show you something here. Um, Let me see this. So I can find this thing. Hold on. I'm going to show this to you. Life is weird, isn't it? It's like it's funny weird. Let me show this to you. So one of the things that I was thinking about is um, the whole idea of turning the other cheek. And I, w- I was just trying to understand that to the best of my ability. Like, okay, what, what's really going on here? What's really going on with turning the other cheek? What does it mean? What does cheek mean? So I was just kind of ruminating this in my head. How do we deal with um, aggression against us? And then all of a sudden, this video pops up. I'm going to show it to you. This guy is going from door to door in this neighborhood, and he's a Jehovah's Witness. And um, this other guy, young Jehovah's Witness, goes to the hood, to knock on doors. Punk tells him to fuck Jesus, starts the fight, gets the devil beaten out of him. I'm going to show this to you. Our role in the world is not always a passive one. Watch this. So here's your Jehovah's Witness, and he's going around, and he's, I guess, talking to people, and this guy has decided to uh, diss him. Here Here we go. Oh, hold on. Sorry, we got to get back to you. Here we go. Try it again. Just when I was about to do this. All right, let me go back to it. Now it's a little, it's a little violent, okay? It's a little violent. 
but let me do it again. But this guy, and I just, I just set it up for you. Right, this guy is the Jehovah's Witness guy. All right, so this guy over here has decided that, uh, well, you got to get out of here. You got to get it out of this hood. So there's some interesting stuff about that video. And I know it's a little jarring, but there's a couple of interesting things about it. Number one, he certainly didn't turn the other cheek. The other thing that was interesting was that the guys in the hood, if you listen to that, they're just into it, right? And then this one guy comes to run in to, uh, you know, jump in on his buddy's cause. And then the guys in the hood, they stop him. Like there's a weird kind of, justice and honor going on there. Like this guy shows up, he takes care of business and they're, they're like, they're rooting for him. They're rooting because they're, I guess they're just into a good cockfight. And that's really what it is. These, these are, these are like dog fights or cockfights and homeboy messed with the wrong preacher. Obviously. So that was the answer to my turning the other cheek thing. Cause I was running around in my head yesterday. I'm thinking about this. What is the symbolism of that? What, and then I ran across that video. Oh, that's the symbol of symbolism of it. It has, does, has nothing to do with being able to take care of yourself in the midst of a situation that's violent. What it means is that if somebody has a personal affront to you, like say, for instance, they insult you, you let it go. You let it go. You just turn your other cheek. It's like, so what? Not a big deal, right? To me, the, and I've read a few interpretations, by the way, but that's the interpretation that makes them, it's not about somebody strikes you and you turn, no, no. That's not what it's about at all. And that's the world we live in, right? You have a question. You have a question. And guess what? The multiverse gives you an answer in the strangest ways, by the way. The strangest ways. So take care of yourself, right? That's important. That's really important. And if you're, you know, let's, let's face it, they're younger. You know, would I, would I be able to like handle a kid like that? No, probably not. Probably, I'm just being honest, right? Maybe 10 years ago, I might have been able to. Possible. Now, I know, I'd, I'd, I'd have to uh, have my friends along with me, Mr. Smith and Mr. Wesson. Then Mr. Smith and Mr. Wesson, I think we do okay. All right, that's it. I'm out of here for today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here on a Monday after a Sunday. We'll be back tomorrow, which is a Tuesday. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to say what's possible. Stay in the game. Stay in the game. Do whatever it is you need to do.
meditate, pray, work in your body, work in your relationships with other people, stay open, stay fluid, be connected to the magic and the grace of our world and the world beyond this one. Take care. Bye for now. I'm Robert Phoenix.